It is the Dirty Sheets podcast. Uh, this is our second attempt, ladies and gentlemen. We uh, did this yesterday for an hour, and right as we were doing the plugs, because I live in fucking no man's land, the power went out, and we lost the entire show. So now we are redoing it because we love our audience so much, we wanted to make sure this got done. I'm Kev from the Lingus Mafia podcast. I actually did my podcast right after the lights went out, and I did it on my phone sitting on the fucking porch. Uh, with earphones in, with microphone, it was fucking awful. Uh, I am along with the newly found uh, Jets fan, J E T S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Right, Billy? I know you're a big fan now. Um, the guy it's who, good, what's that? <laughs> yes, it is. It's much easier. And you know what? I'm rooting for him now because I could care less. He's not on the Packers. I root for him. Uh, that is Mr. Billy Body. How do you do there, Billy? Red hot. All right. Well, Red hot. According to what um, what I'm seeing and hearing and whatnot, he I keep I get messages from from people. Some of our listeners and the, the friends I go to wrestling shows with, they 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 follow everything. Um, Uma, Ollie, <laughs> people like Nick. Yeah. Well, now see. you're at uh, at LockBetting.com on uh, Twitter because there is no more. <laughs> At Billy Wrestling. I realized that this morning. I go, great, because I was trying to tag you. I go, where the fuck is he? Oh, okay. I get it. Um, yeah, I think, well, so th this is not an accident. Like, once an account becomes too toxic and it's just the wrong type of people on there, and they have come over to lock betting as well with their stupid tweets. Like, you have that, the loser who we won't even mention his name because it gives him a, a kick. Um, but, but he goes over and he pretends that he's on lock betting and he calls yeah. it luck betting and said that he's lost this and I didn't get one pick right today when actually I'm on the best run this week that I've had in about six weeks. Mm -hmm. It's just been this week, but either or he's not really a client. Is he not a lot of these wrestling people are not going to head over to lock betting, but the wrestling one just became very toxic. And I decided to go back and forth in a way where I was like almost after a few days thinking, Jesus Christ, how am I still on it? How did I not get deleted for this tweet when I said this slur or this thing? So I make a conscious decision to just explode the account because it's better to start again and have your actual followers there who will engage positively mm -hmm. as opposed to when an account is basically dead. And I consider a dead account to be when you tweet something um, – 60 to 70 percent of the replies are negative it doesn't matter how many followers you have to me that's a dead account and they're always accounts that i try to deliberately lose so that's that's where we're at with that one uh so to start the show i'd like to do my cody for you because uh this show is going to be a lot of things being talked about and i'd like to say so what do you want to talk about billy uh, there's Conan stuff because you are no longer on that Conan show, which we'll get to. I know you've been wanting to not be on that Conan show, uh, for quite a while, but at the same time, I always, you know, I do devil's advocate, of course, and I will do counterpoint when you give your points to, uh, why you are upset with them. Uh, one thing I wanted to start right off the bat with, uh, one of the things why you're upset and because I thought it was nonsense when you first brought it up and I was on their side mostly about it, but I do, I do know why. And I'd like to explain 
the real reason why you're upset by the emails. So in my mind, the whole email thing is like they're having bad emails to, uh, about you come out, right? And you're upset that there's, where's the other side that say, I love Billy and it's great because we do get that on our side at least, right? So I'm like, for me, I always think, well, everything is on limits where ball busting is fun. And if people are, you know, saying, oh, fuck Billy, this and that, I would have it on the air too, right? And I thought this was the biggest problem. Like you were like, I don't want people... uh being negative toward me. And I was like, that's a bit of a pussy thing. But that is not the reason. What you explained a couple weeks ago to me then completely changed my mind about it to where I could see leaving certain emails out that you don't want in, as in they're damaging your income. When they start saying lies about his betting site, all I do is lose. He's never right. His his uh, information about wrestling is never right. That shit shouldn't go through because it's not the truth. If they want to say, I just hate Billy's a fucking asshole of a person, I say, sure, put that on the air because it's just funny to hear people say, fuck this guy. The, the only part I see that should be taken away is when it's not fucking right or if they do put that on there, they need to follow up by saying, and as we know, these people are morons because that is not correct at all. And then go on. Then it might be a different fucking story. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, it's hard to talk about this um, because for me, starting here at this starting point is kind of taking us all over the place. Whereas I would rather a more chronological kind of uh, breakdown of what's happened. All right, here. we'll get to so, that and then eventually. You can go through go, we'll go through the order because eventually we'll get to the emails. Right. So yeah, I mean, what I think about it is what you said. I I don't want the emails read because the positive ones are being swept aside and I'll reiterate what I said. I am a person who is trying to upsell services. They certainly do not pay me enough to um to keep me satisfied just doing the job that I do so that people can just come in and and do the and send these emails and make it a thing the fact that it was transitioning into a thing it was a hit piece it was a hit section of the show oh the billy section oh let's read the the bad billy emails like i was a hated figure on the show the problem is is that i'm not a universally hated figure on the show that's not a thing I'm somebody that draws a lot of heat and attention, but it's very much like, you know, I, I believe it's not the expat kind of heat. It's the heat where it's like, oh, if they're not talking about you, they don't care. I, I draw an emotion out of people, whether it be positive or negative. But if the positives are not being read, essentially what you're doing is you're not giving the full picture. Now they claim that the positives are being read behind paywall, which means you're handpicking the negatives for your fun little segment where you where you bury me. And it's fine. You can bury me. I don't respect the audience anyway. So you can bury me in front of its audience. But if there is a portion of the audience who are looking to invest, bearing in mind lock betting at the top package is $125. Anybody that was on the fence, you're costing me $125 per person. And the reason you're costing me is because 
Nobody will invest in a clown. Nobody will invest in an idiot. May invest in an idiot if I'm selling comedy. If they're saying, oh, Billy does stand-up comedy um, and he's very much like against the vaccine and against this, uh, against Joe Biden and et cetera. And this is what he talks about behind his paywall. And you'd be like, oh, that might be funny. I'll invest. I already think this guy already like comes across as a joke. So him actually telling jokes is going to be funny. That's not what I do. I do serious content where I need people to believe that I am at the forefront of wrestling news and everything I say is accurate. Now, if you've been opening your ears over the last 18 months while I was on the show, you would have seen most things that I say to fruition. Even as, um, you know, I can come on here now because we lost the recording and say last night, 100% accurately predicted the draft behind my paywall. And the number that Roman was coming out, uh, you had guys going, oh, on the roar, and WrestleMania 40s, Roman and Cody, they already announced it. Yeah, you're all wrong. You're all clowns. That includes that X-Zero guy that we had on the show whose who's record just continues to be obliterated on a week-to-week basis. I mean, he was wrong with shit he was telling us on the show, and I was trying to protect his ass by saying that, no, dude, it is Brock and Omas. And he's like, oh, no, that's a swerve. It's like, no, it isn't. Just you're making things up. Like, just... I'm trying to protect you here on I already know. I don't know if he'd be he's making it up rather than he just got bad information. I don't think he's like just fucking guessing himself. I think he puts out what he's told and what he's told. He is puts not up right. a lot he, uh, no, he puts a lot of cryptic stuff, mm-hmm. which is like stuff where it can be right if a number of things happen. Um so he puts out a lot of cryptic things like um like, remember I said this, or remember I said that. And it, what he said doesn't mean anything. So whatever happens on television, he could lay claim to being correct. It's very Meltzer-esque. Mm. But, um, but yeah, I think it, since we had him on the show, his credibility has taken a big hit. Um, so that's, that's the problem with, the, with, these, with these guys, these Johnny-come-latelys. Everybody comes along, they try, they try and step up. If you're going to try and step up to Meltzer and um, Sap and Saturn and all these people, you need to come in and you really need to blow them away to get their attention. You need to be like 90%. And that's what I did. And that's why they fucking hate me. This didn't start as a war. This didn't start as you guys are fucking woke pussies and I want to fucking punch you in the face and you're a fucking hillbilly loser and like pointing out the fact that he um, started challenging people to fucking inboxes. That only happened when I broke him. Like the, I, I have reduced uh, Sean Ross Sapp to this version of him where he now like, is so soft that he that he literally goes after people in the DMs. I did that to him, and and the initial thing that the reason that happened is because somebody came about who does this as a hobby, sitting in London, whose main job is something else, and who isn't woke and who isn't trying to get a dot a job WWE Network or anything like that, and just for fun, he's embarrassing and pulling these people's pants down on a weekly basis, including last night. So that remains a fact. You don't need to subscribe to my paywall to know that. I've been doing that on K100 for free. But if you're that stupid, then I still need to be protected by the people I work for to remain credible. As for lot betting, nobody, nobody is going to take financial advice, in my opinion, from somebody who doesn't have the respect of his own co-hosts. So if you're going to read those emails, and you are not going to read those emails simply to batter that email and smash that point out of the park and 
ridicule the person with facts and say, hey, this guy could say, hey, I've been on the service for 18 months and this is how much money I've made. I've never had a losing month. It's a proven fact. Conan once reached out to me and said, hey, I need to pay for something for my wife. Is it okay if you just send me some betting tips, which I did. I've also come on the show and smashed um, the entire Super Bowl, like the, the Super Bowl card. Uh, I, I called Israel Adesanya getting out. I called the World Cup winner, which was a plus 700 um, pick. So every time there's a major event, I've gone on there and it delivered on the show. So anybody that's uh, their own account, their own fucking account is putting out stuff like, oh, we're really going to miss your 0-6 and, and your 3-12 and NFL oh picks because that's that prick. That's that drunk prick, Husey, who we'll get to later. So if you're not getting protected by your own people and you're trying to sell a premium betting service where people need to trust you, which is the key word, and it looks like that you don't have the trust of your own co-hosts who are portraying you as this clown, or at least not protecting you from the from the listeners and allowing you to look like a clown, that is massively damaging and defeats the whole point of what I'm doing. Because if you're going to do that, I can then turn around and go, you know what? My t- This is what I get for working on a other podcasts, and this is what you need to pay me, or fuck you, don't build your sports around me, because without me, your K100 sports is three fans who don't know anything about sports betting. You have no right to be doing a sports show. And of course, anybody can do a podcast. We can do a podcast about wrestling. Um, Umar can do a podcast about politics. You know, anybody can think that they know about everything. Mm-hmm. But what I do is statistically backed over a decade of winning, coming from a, another gambling podcast, which has been built off the, my shoulders because I was only the third person to work there, at which point they were only covering NFL. And it was and it was built off me introducing other sports to the show and my positive reviews. So I have got the record for 10 years. I bring credibility to the sports show. I bring credibility to our sports show that we do, me and you. Mm-hmm. So without me, you have no show. And even without me, in that sense, you have nothing different either because what they what those guys do yeah okay guys that actually wrestled but the problem is is that you tell all of your fans you tell all of your followers on a week-to-week basis we hate the dirt sheets we hate the marks we don't respect anybody that hasn't been in the business we don't respect people that laced up the boots and then you want me to come on and say, oh, hey, but here's a guy who's the exception to every rule because he hasn't been in the business and he hasn't laced up his boots. But listen to him and don't don't send in uh, abusive emails. But when you do, fuck it, we're going to read it anyway because it's going to echo exactly what we say because we have conditioned our audience to hate these type of people and to not take them seriously. So I'm on a loser. I'm on a losing. I'm, I'm on a route to losing before a single email has been written or read. They've already built me up, not specifically, but the overall picture of what I stand for has been built up as somebody who has no credibility, someone that they hate, and someone that has no right to be speaking about wrestling because I'm not an ex-wrestler. Yet, I sit on the show over the last six weeks and tell them why Roman Reigns is winning and how I know Roman Reigns is winning and why it's best for business and told that I hate Cody and that I've got something against Cody, and I really need to stop burying Cody. Cody. No, but this is the thing. When Conan decided to go down this route and twist it, because Conan, who the the, the fake rebel, um, started getting some 
emails or texts from Cody, he decided to suck up and go and bat for Cody because, you know, that might give us a chance of getting Cody on the show. When Conan got some heat from AEW from getting me the ticket, suddenly I had to apologize to AEW because the big rebel suddenly folded under, under the pressure and was getting me to do things that I would never normally do, but did a respect for the guy. But the respect is not reciprocated when, when it came to the end of this situation. But anyway, we'll, we'll get on to it. I think you just asked me one question, so I'll just – I think I've just answered that. So I don't know why uh, Conan wouldn't reply to Cody to say he's not bashing you. It's the story and his opinion of that you shouldn't have the title yet because there's no story to it and no – I mean, the story is that he left. I, that's not a story. It's his father's story. So you you have no personal thing against Cody because if it was a long, drawn-out, he worked his way to dethrone Roman, I don't think you'd have an issue with it. I do have an issue with it. I, I do have an issue. It's not a personal issue. It's nothing that he can he can help. I, I don't see Cody Rhodes as the next Stone Cold Steve Austin, John Cena type of person. Mm-hmm. And I believe that, that when you get a reign this significance, then it, then it needs to be that. It needs to be like, why? Oh my God, we're going to beat Hulk Hogan clean. Why? Yeah. Because the warrior is ready. Because the warrior is ready, right? That, that, that's what I'm sure. looking for here. I'm not looking from a guy who couldn't become the champion at AEW. Yes, he's a fine promo. He's a good promo. He's a good wrestler. He looks fine, right? In any other time, he could have been a champion. If we were doing, oh, he's had the belt for four months and he's had it for four months and he's had it for four months. And and, yeah. and even with this secondary belt, you can go ahead and win it. It's just that you're telling me that Roman Reigns needs to lose to a guy who, got, who couldn't get over in WWE, was tried four or five gimmicks, was released to Stardust, went onto the Indies, created AW, win the belt there, comes back, and he's going to beat Roman at 38 years of age. Cody is 38 years old, right? Mm-hmm. He he is not he is not the future of the, the wrestling industry. Well, it's nowadays not- the 40 isn't like the old school 40 where he went, oh my God, Hogan's 40. When is he going to fucking retire? Okay. You know? Okay. So Roman's putting over, so Roman should still put over the younger guy that's older than him. That one works. <laughs> Roman, Roman's passing the torch to the guy who's a year older than him. Well, Explain I, that one I, I understand the whole, like, it's the crowd that makes someone because do you look at Daniel Bryan and say, or whatever he is now, uh, do you look at him and say, oh, he should have done this or that? He was he's smaller in size, but the crowd is like insanely behind him. And I think that's what does more. My biggest problem with the Cody deal was just the story that it wasn't he came in. I think the worst part about it that really put the cherry on top for me is he was number 30 in the Rumble. It was like there was no struggle to get to this fucking championship other than being gone. But that is not on WWE TV. The part about you saying he didn't win the title in AEW, I throw that out the window because I think that was like him saying, don't give me the title because the guy was like part owner or whatever. You know, it's like that looks bad. That's like the King and Jeff Jarrett making themselves champion. It looks stupid. Um, that's why I think he just did the TNT title. It was like, well, he's got to win a title. Don't give him the world. Um, you know, Tommy Dreamer style a little bit. It's, it doesn't make any sense. Like, if, if if a man is 65 years old and he writes a will, he doesn't put the main person as his 66-year-old brother. 
that's not that's not how passing a torch or inheritance works you cannot inherit this this push from from roman you cannot have the torch passed to you when you are older and you have less than five years of this business you can't do it well if he's gonna be there and and roman is not there half the time um who who is who in your mind is the best one to be handed off i don't think there's anybody really of course not. There isn't. No. You keep it going. Okay. You just you 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 keep going until you find you have something that people are invested in. Uh, I watched the draft last night. I can see opponents already. People are like, oh, he's beating everyone. There's nothing you can do. All of a sudden, AJ Styles, Randy Orton's coming back. Bobby Lashley, Edge can put his career on the line. Yeah. Edge is looking to retire this year. Title versus career. If Edge doesn't win if he can't beat Roman. He retires. The Orton match, as I said, is is already built in. Bobby Lashley um, was given the big, was given. He's moved to Raw. Yeah, um, you know. But yeah, that there is there is guys. There's at least another year's worth, especially with Roman like not doing as many dates Mm -hmm. um, as as other champions. So it's it's easy to do. It's easy to get to next year's Mania and beyond. It's easy to hold out for The Rock to beat him too, um, until you find what you are actually looking for. And the answer is not a 40-year-old LA Knight, a 38-year-old Cody Rhodes, or, or anybody that I, I can see in this company right now who's the wrong side of um, or the wrong side of 35 or pro- approaching 40. So that's that's not what, how I would go about it. Okay, so back to the, the Conan thing before we move on to uh, another subject too that I want to get into. Um, is your main uh, problem with the... The Conan deal is that you think he kind of got soft and corporate where it was, I got to behave now because I have a chance with WWE to be with them because of this whole opportunity and then got on you because in the past, I don't know if the past or recently, but the man has been a complete, for for lack of a better word, a sweetheart to you where it was giving you tickets to things where I'm like, okay, given a ticket is given a ticket. Who cares? But the thing behind the, how he gave you a ticket where the company doesn't like you, doesn't want you around and putting his ass on a line to get you into that show is that's above and beyond to me. And so the man's been very good to you um, being on the show. So what is the main issue you have about everything? I can't, it's it, it, it stemmed from emails, but that can't be the main reason. And this is where your, your chronological order is key. Okay. So I first, before I talk, because I'm going to talk a lot in a second, I want you to talk and I want to go behind the scenes yeah. um, without any poking or prodding. And I just want you to tell people, how many times mm-hmm. and how often um, I said to you and for the reasons why yeah. and the reasons why too, why I wanted to not be on the show and how many times this conversation has been had over the past 18 months. Okay. So Billy has said well, many times, like I, I'm trying to get off the show. I've seen the text where he goes, I, there's nothing I can do to get off this show. Like you've tried to get off the show and I'll give my yeah. other side of the coin after I'm done telling the stories. Um, and it's a lot of Billy's 
in the other country, obviously, he's in England. The time difference is very vast. For me, it's eight hours with him. I'm in California. So it's a lot of what time are we starting? Oh, uh, Conan is busy with his dialysis. Now he has to do this. We'll, we'll let you know. Um, oh, we're not ready. He's not ready. Somebody's not ready. Everybody's not ready. Uh, okay, uh, in 10 minutes we'll go. Billy's fucking half asleep, doesn't know what the fuck's going on because it's 3 a.m. or whatever over there. So it was a lot of jumping through hoops for Billy to get himself on the show and be ready because he would be ready at a certain time. And it was never very structured for him, obviously, of it's not like it's a television show where we're going on at eight o'clock. Everybody be ready at eight o'clock, which you would almost think that is the way because they're like big time guys and big time show like things are like that. But when it comes to podcasting, it really is. Press a button anytime you want, and we'll record. Are you free? Are you free? Okay, let's go. It's not, this is my 9 to 5 job. I need to be here at 2 p.m. every day to fucking record. So there's a lot of, and obviously you got to give, you know, uh, a grace on the man's doing dialysis. I don't know the uh, technical stuff behind it. Like, are you always scheduled on a Thursday at 2 o'clock to always do dialysis, or is it, I feel like shit today, I need to go in. I don't fucking know how it works. So I would assume it's scheduled every certain amount of days. So you would almost be able to give somebody a schedule of when I'm not going to be able to be around. So that kind of stuff is uh, what Billy was losing his mind mostly over. And not getting, you know, I mean, compensation for it wasn't as much as what he normally gets for being on other shows. What am I missing? Well, you missed the beginning when we first wanted to kick, get kick, get off because um, when we refused to when we when we stopped doing our first show and the reasons behind that and what oh, we would do with that the uh, the YouTube stuff right yes that um, <laughs> so when the YouTube is posted which uh, God thank God I'm not on that fucking show anymore I was so fucking it was like you would look at comments on the YouTube channel and everything was these fucking it was there was fucking three that would be like you guys are great everything else was fuck these guys are marks this guy's a fucking asshole oh he's an aew mark oh the next week i wear a fucking wwe shirt and it's oh he's a fucking aew hater you couldn't get right i wear a aew sweatshirt and it was oh look at him sucks aew <laughs> so it was you couldn't uh you couldn't win and also the guy who was hosting or uh the website right is that Husey that does that one mm-hmm. there was uh yeah yeah there was constant comments on there which would be egged on <laughs> by him as well and wouldn't have the people blocked that were going off i understand the not blocking cuz it's it's a matter of a, at least spell my name right, one of those things where I just didn't look at the comments after the first two shows. Legitimately didn't fucking ever look at them anymore. I was like, who cares? I'm doing the show, walking off, and seeing how many fucking ratings I got. But they would then use the excuse that Billy doesn't draw numbers on YouTube when we hadn't done the show in fucking months. So <laughs> uh, it was a lot of just not having your back when it came to doing those kind of shows. Yeah, I think he hit most of the points, but I'll, I'll try and fill in here okay. um, chronologically. So, you know, we, 
Disco, I'll start with disco because I don't want to talk too much about disco for the rest of the show. So I'm going to sort of go person by person and then try and keep it chronological at the same time. Difficult to do, but I think if we do it this way, we can end this segment of the show as quick as possible move and, on to and, the other thing. And yes, so, and we were going to get to the boxing challenge. So that's coming up. Don't think we're not getting to that. Go ahead. No. So when I left Russo, which by the way, um, I've done not multiple shows with Vince since that situation has been cleared up. And on this week's episode of Chicken Necks, <laughs> which I recorded on Thursday, which, which is, is out today, now, which is going to be brilliant when Ben sees that one after he said that these guys are trying to crawl back and it's like, Hey dude, I'm already here. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I was looking at Russo true. during that video and I'm like, Russo never said, you know, I already recorded with him and he's on the show this week. <laughs> right. So, um, so yeah, hit, hit. so I did the show, but the, the most um, interesting part for you will be at the start of the show. I was like, Hey, look, so I'm here, but we've done other shows. But let's publicly talk about what we've said on email um, about um, why I left. Mm -hmm. Because everybody, and, and I said, it wasn't about money. I said, because there was a interpretation that people thought it was about money. And I actually said that it was about the fact that I thought Vince, and I said this to him, was an old fart, an old dinosaur who was stopping me from growing and stop it. And he's standing in the way of his own show growing by not listening to me and putting it out for free because he was scared of the dirt sheet audience and scared and, and didn't want to receive any criticism. And I literally told him what you said was the correct thing because whilst I have been in front of more listeners, the toxicity that I have dealt with to the point where they would message my child and contact every other place that I work at and things of that nature and try to get me off Patreon and things of that nature has not been worth it. It has caused me financial loss by having this bigger audience and more stress. So I told the guy, I, I, we, we addressed exactly why I wanted to leave because I felt like he was sitting still and didn't want to grow and was acting like a dinosaur and uh, wasn't doing enough to grow his own podcast and was and I couldn't justify coming on there every week and being right and nobody hearing about it mm. which was my point of view whereas he was turning around and saying I don't want this I don't want to be in the dirt sheets I don't want more people to watch my show at which point you hear that from someone and you think what the fuck is wrong with you which is what <laughs> I said I public and I publicly went out and said what the yeah. fuck is wrong with this guy yeah and my, my advocate side my devil's advocate side was and I said this yesterday on the show that was missing. Um, I, I believed you were right about being able to grow the show and everything, right? And then I said, however, on the other side of the coin, it's Vince's show and it's his choice. So even if you were a thousand percent right and you say the sky is blue and he says, no, it's not. It's his show when it comes down to it, and it's his prerogative. Um, you agreed on money, and that was that. And it was like, well, you could leave otherwise. But I but do understand I, it was not – he should have done it the other way, but it's his show. Go ahead. But he certainly was not as paranoid as I thought that he was because he has been proven to be correct with what awaited on the other side of that with the growth and – the crossover between um, having your 
dirt sheet audience bleeding and coming to the brand, it would have um, ruined what he had built in terms of having an audience who, you know, maybe it's cult-like and maybe that's his personality, um, that he wants everybody to be on board of him. He wants to be loved and maybe that's why he podcasts. I mean, who really doesn't? Who doesn't want everybody to like them, you know? Because I'm at the same, I'm at the same point. I just want to be here and I just want to be popping up on there where I know his audience like me and I certainly know this audience like me. And now he, he reached that point at, what, 61? I reached that point at 40. So I no longer want to be anywhere where there's any division caused by the audience because the ones that like you are never going to be as loud as the ones no, that hate you. Of course it's not. called a... It's a call of vocal. They're the call the vocal minority, minority for a reason, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and and that's shit that you have to deal with. Seventy five percent of the people like you. That is not a high enough number for you to actually feel like seventy five percent. Because seventy five percent people liking you will feel like twenty five percent people liking you. Because the twenty five percent people hate you, they will they will oh yeah they will get at you and get under your skin. Day after day after day after day. And in this community, they honestly don't have anything better to do. And I was talking yesterday on the show that we lost. And I'm really trying to find how we've shoehorned this point in. But when I walk around at your WrestleManias and your SummerSlams and your conventions, Mm -hmm. there is nobody who's saying, fuck this guy. There is nobody challenging me to these fights. There is nobody that's going up to me and saying, Oh, you're a piece of shit and, and whatever. No, it's nobody all, will ever. There is a lot of do people. That. No, and as Austin told you on the phone, we had a conversation, and my son doesn't have a filter and doesn't lie for me or anything. He's a fucking arsehole like that. Um, <laughs> and he and he told you straight up, like Jesus, like it's so so annoying. People keep stopping my dad. My dad keeps having conversations because I'll talk to these people sure. if they if they want to talk, like. And like my dad keeps stopping every five minutes. And I was every five minutes at WrestleMania. When I went to WrestleCon, I spoke and did photos with a different person. And everybody stops me and goes, hey, Sean Ross Sapp sucks. Or, or someone, I love you on a show. Don't ever change. And all this kind of shit. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not going to change. And I'll, but I'll be here not changing. Where the logo literally says the podcast they tried to ban. And they'll try... And they try and they try and they try like, and we're still here. And this is the only place where we can say whatever we want. And 90% of the people will love it. And those 10% people are trying to mm-hmm. pick, pinpoint and pick out bits to try and get us canceled from wherever. But at the end of the day, even if that did happen, nobody's going to stop trying to purchase winning betting picks that are earning people a second income. When you sign up for lockbetting.com, um, for 119 months, people have made a profit. It's a transparent tract. I am generating people a second income. I am sending people on holiday. I am paying people's debts. I am helping people get a better car. I'm not necessarily like, you know, saying that don't go to work. I've never said that, but I am making people's lives better by, by signing up. And I've done that for 10 years. And ain't nothing you're going to do is going to stop people from finding me. I've just lost a Patreon account. Within 48 hours, 75% of the people signed back up to the new platform. That my buddy Nick created a website, a basic website. Within 48 hours, 75% of the people were back. So 
when you're good at something, like it's not, you, you're not gonna be affected by cancel culture. So, you know, th- that that's the first thing to point out. So, getting back around to what was going on here, after I left Russo's show, Disco came to me and said to me, and who's a client of mine as well, came to me and said, "Hey, can you can you, would you be interested in coming on to K100 uh, to do?" I said, "What? Can you do the same show with I do events, uh, with, with but with Cav?" And he was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. He goes, because I haven't got time to do it and whatever. And for a few weeks, we're trying to come up with a name and all that. And Conan wanted me on there because he loved the, the bits that I did because I used to go on there as a guest. Mm-hmm. And we got the ball rolling. We did the show. Immediately, we had resistance from this little fucking rat that works for them called Husey. Now, Husey, to explain this situation off, off the bat is the, is the easiest thing to do. But before I do that, let me just say, this go no issues with him at all, brought me in. Every time I tried to leave, talked me back it, talked me back into leaving, tried to get me things where I said, I'm being paid shit, or I don't, or we need to sort out the time, or you need to speak to Husey about this, or or whatever. Every single time, anytime there was a complaint, Disco at least tried to resolve it. Even with the emails where he said, I said, it's not fair. I said, if you're going to read them, you should read them in front of me because you're all there to address your own emails. He's like, oh, we'll save your emails and we'll try and read them in front of you. Yeah. Right. He, but, but in the end, the problem was, is that everything that he said that he was going to try and do other than fixing my, my money, not a lot of it actually came to fruition, but he did try. He tried even to the point where, when these guys were posting out misinformation via their negative tweets and saying, oh, isn't it nice that we don't have to fucking, have Billy begging for his money. So me begging for my money is on the 26th, 27th of every month asking, hey, where's my money? Because obviously, <laughs> because I because my house, because my house is paid for, and because I drive a hundred and thirty thousand pound car, right? And because I can go on holidays it's or whatever, I should obviously I should obviously stop working. I should obviously stop asking for money for my work. I should obviously work for free now because I don't need to earn any more money. So you, sh- you don't, why should you pay me? You should be, you should be annoyed when I ask for my money for the work that I've done for you, where I was fucked around every single Thursday and given 20 minutes notice to come on the air. Of course, I'm going to ask for my money. But according to these guys, me asking on the 26th or 27th, which is, you know, right at the end of the month, hey, when's, where's my money? Is me begging for my money. So they put this tweet out. They lie about my betting record. And I say to Glenn, hey, these guys are fucking posting out misinformation. Get this fucking tweet sent, taken down. And based on what they're saying, they're obviously not going to pay me. And he replied with, what are you owed? I said, when was the, when was the last time you Sorry, I was like, well, as usual, it's right at the end of the month. So it's the end of March. So out of his own pocket, I see it coming through. Not from Joseph Feeney, the producer, but from the Glenn Gelberti PayPal account the whole money for two months out of his own pockets, which I messaged him and even said, why are you doing that? Why are you paying me? But as I said, this is Glenn. He's had my back the entire time, looked after me when I was in Vegas at a strip club, and even to the end, paid me out of his own pocket. So I'm going to cross him off. Um, he's been a loyal client of mine um, for like two, three years, um, was an advocate for having me on Russo's show, moved me over to K100, got a lot of heat from it, caused a rift relationship with him and Russo over me um so yeah I just want to take him take him off the list and just put him over in his section and then we'll move on to talking about the other three guys okay. so 
the first one that we had an issue with was, was Husey, who, by us coming on the show, was given more work. And as you guys know, because you're on the Dirty Sheets right now, we do a show here where we don't just talk about Raw and SmackDown and how long the match was and how many stars yeah. a match was going to be or, or whatever. So we, we do our show. We're professional podcasters. I've been doing this since 2014. I carried one podcast on my back. I carried four fat nerds on my back, almost broke it, carrying them for for, a, for 18 months. Hey, it's a good thing I you did, did that. That's show. where I learned about you, and uh, that's how we met. Right. So that's a good thing. Exactly. But this is the, this is the thing. And, and I knew from that point, when they got me on, for me, it was just like, oh, hey, I listened to... I listened to your show. Like I came across your show. I would like to, I would like to talk about wrestling. I was at the time sending in recordings to a guy called Dan Nakanen who had a podcast and he would allow people to send in 90 second audios. And then he would, uh, talk about, uh, address the, um, so instead of emails, it'd be 90 second audios. And then he would talk about what he would, you know, your message, your opinion, and I actually used to enjoy, despite the fact that in 2012, I was still really fucking famous, like, in this country. Um, but I still enjoyed having my wrestling opinion addressed for 90 seconds on this podcast. Because, you know, sometimes you do get off on your loser shit. Like, that's the thing. Like, me going on real TV over here and talking about Big Brother didn't give me it wasn't as interesting to me as being on some shitty little podcast for 90 seconds a week and talking about wrestling to a tiny audience i actually enjoyed that more than being on national television in front of six or seven million people and being a pundit which i was i was an analyst for for big brother all the way up until 2013 i it kept me on every every year because obviously i can speak so and 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 say things that are semi-controversial or interesting or however you perceive them to, to, to sound or be to you. So this is what we wanted to carry over. Cab's a guy who models himself on, on, on Howard Stern or at least is mm-hmm. a fan of Stern and like to sort of try and bring that into his shows. He's not here to read off pieces of paper. And I too am somebody who auditioned for a, a television show a quarter of a million people stood outside to queue for it. It was narrowed down to 16. I was in the 16. When we get together, you have two people who are not doing this for the sake of doing this. So when we're told, can you wrap your show up in 20 minutes and just lose? I'm thinking, fuck you. That's not what we're doing. That's disrespectful. And at that point, it almost made me go even longer with the show um, on purpose because that's the type of personality I have. So... So that this became a problem on a week-to-week basis. He was saying, oh, it's taken as long to edit that one show as the other show. Nobody, like, it doesn't do as many listens. He, he will have negative comments, which he was encouraging. And, you know, the whole narrative became, this show's too long. Get to the wrestling. That was, that was the thing that bothered me the most. Every week, yeah. it was get to the wrestling. And it was a mirror image of the conversations that I was having with him bitly. So after about 10 episodes, suddenly all it became was get to the point, get to the point, get to the news, get to the news. They wanted me and Bab to transition into two guys who read four or five bits of news and got off to the point where Cab was like, fuck it, let's just do it. 
And I was like, no, fuck yeah, it. Yeah, but good. We don't have to I do a show. <laughs> it'd be easy for us to do it and to um and to and it'll be less time for us to do it. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to fucking give this piece of shit the satisfaction who has now encouraged these comments in the in in the in the comments. He's like built up this narrative through his own laziness. And on top of that, it was edit over editing shows. Um, saying you couldn't say this, you couldn't say that, putting out shows late to the point where I would break a piece of news, SmackDown would come and go, and the show would go out on Monday, and people would be like, yeah, I already saw this on SmackDown. And I'll be like, yeah, it was out on Thursday. And comments were like, oh, yeah, sure it was. Yeah, sure it was. It was like, <laughs> yeah, it was, you fucking idiot. But I'm dealing with a drunken fucking moron. And the thing is, is that as much as I would re- report it, I would come to find out that both Husey and Joe completely have this podcast by the balls because in the talent which is what i'll call them disco and and conan and i I use that term loosely because in my opinion i'm not interested in ex-wrestler podcasts like i there's there's one or two people i'll listen to i'll listen to russo because he's an ex-writer i'll listen to Cornette because he's an extremist I'll listen to maybe somebody like Steve Austin because he's made it to the top of the business and I and I value his opinion. But, you know, Conan and Disco, prior to going on there, were not at the top of my list of people that I wanted to seek out and hear what they had to say about the modern-day product. They weren't. That's not a disrespectful thing to say. It's just how I choose to utilise time. And when I think of my listenership, I think of a target audience that goes to the gym that go, that take trips in their cars, that that use my voice and use Cav's voice and use this podcast as a way to kill time at work or on the way to work or on journeys or getting through a gym workout or cardio or whatever it may be. I don't think of people think looking at taking our podcast and saying, "All right, this is this is um, going to have a designated time slot. This is essential. This is essential listenership. I must." shut my door of my bedroom and lock myself in and and listen to this at 2 p.m on saturday i don't think that at all i think maybe you know you might take us into the shower sit sit with us take us on to when you're sitting on the toilet at best at best what but i think of walking the dog running machine cardio driving long drive work drive that's that's how i want to that's where i see myself fitting into your lives right so i in, in those in those windows I would not go to Conan and Disco if I needed to hear wrestling analysis of the modern day product. So what I felt that I brought to the product was a completely different thing. I was the only person who could be measured as statistically for what I did, whether it be through a metric of profitability via betting. Did he make a profit? Did he not make a profit? Or was his news correct? Or was his news not correct? I was the only person of value that brought something different to that show that wasn't a couple of old has-beens talking about wrestling with their lackeys backing them up on the side. This um, Hughie is a lackey who they don't even like, by the way. They fucking hate the guy. They hate working for it, working with him. So he's a lackey. But these lackeys are in control of the show because Conan rolls out of bed and because Disco rolls out of bed. The financial gain from the show is controlled by Husey who reached out to them and said to them, hey, can I run your YouTube, which has turned out to be a huge mistake because now he puts up all the videos and edits all the videos and even puts his own shitty videos at the top of the page. So when you go to any K100 video, 
you see an advert for at the top of the page, you see something that says, I can't believe Conan said this. And then you click on it and it's a fake link to one of Hughes's boring videos. This guy is so fucking boring and so pointless that he has all of that going for him where he can fake put out fake links to send fake traffic to his YouTube and still nobody stays on to watch. That's how fucking irrelevant this piece of shit is. So that that that's Hughesy in a nutshell. But he did one smart thing. He has these people by the balls. Hold on, don't wear the jeans to the park if you're playing football. Oh, yeah. I'll change. Yeah. Right. Bye. Don't just say bye. Get training. Don't wear those training to the park. They're, they're $200. Isn't he uh, training? No, he's going to play to the park in in 90 pound jeans and 200 pound trainers <laughs> but he just walks why you buy that money walks, much for jeans nonsense well that's not the point <laughs> the point is he wore them to drama he wore them to drama school which is fine because that's you know all the kids that have money um, but then he thinks he's going to wear them to the park mm. which he's certainly not and he's so lazy that I'm now going to need to double check Austin yeah. show what you're wearing Okay, that's fine. You can go like that. Right, get out. I'm, I'm working. I just had to just not let you go out like that. It's essential. Who are you working with? Kev. Are you actually on a podcast? Yeah. Can't say that on a podcast. What? They might listen to it. What? The K100. What do you mean? You were talking about K100, weren't you? Yeah, yeah they're supposed you to hear it. <laughs> yeah, well, if we're doing a podcast, get out of there. Well, what? The what you just said about K100. Yeah, I'm not doing K100 now. Actually. Oh my god! Did we have to have this conversation now? Get out. <laughs> See, that was worth it. It was worth it. It turned into something good. <laughs> Fuck you know. Anyways, um, I well, mean, my kids so, don't don't obviously. Let's don't, go don't on to something else. Things. Let's go on to something else. So, hold on. Let, yeah, let, go ahead. Let, let me let me finish because so this this is the thing the one smart thing he did was he got them by the balls so now he runs their entire youtube they can't get rid of him they hate working for him it's difficult with it was difficult for me they tried to back me in every argument but ultimately it cannot end with him being sacked because it means restarting your youtube again and as your two main guys just roll out of bed and do the show don't have any time other than that it's kind of like me and you where you just tell me when what we're doing, right? Sure. And I and I prefer sure. to just come on and speak, whereas Cav usually puts the show up. Um, I put a show up a few weeks ago. I am starting to write ups and whatever. Still need to fucking have that crash course on Garage Band, um, but you know that's that's going to come now, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but yeah, it's essentially them just rolling out of bed, lying on Joe and Hughes. So Joe does all the Patreon page. And Husey does the YouTube page. So my first problem was a Husey. And we just got sick and tired of it. And in the end, we were just like, you know what? Fuck this show. Interviewed Brad Shepard. 48 minutes went out of a two-hour interview. And I was just like, I can't fucking work with this guy. So unbeknownst to Conan, he kept getting told that, oh, get uh, Billy's doing shit on YouTube. I, I was going, why pay shit? And he was going, because Billy's doing, he doesn't do any numbers on YouTube. I wasn't on fucking YouTube. Cav wasn't on YouTube. We haven't been on YouTube since we decided to focus on the NFL. What I was on was a Patreon paywall that called $10 to listen to my opinion because that's where K100 Sports were. 
So instead of paying me based on YouTube metrics, what they needed to do was realize that all of my stuff was being filtered behind a Patreon paywall and paying me more money for the fact that people were upgrading their subscriptions, especially people from the Dirty Sheets, to listen to more of what I had to say about wrestling and especially about sports betting. Because as I said, my betting packages are $125. And for me to talk about sports for free and to give out sports picks is worth way more than $14 a month, which is $3.50 per week. So people were getting a really good by me doing K100 Sports, and I should have been paid a hell of a lot more. But Joe did everything in his power to make sure that I was unhappy and to get me off the show. Why? Because while we had the first problem with Hughes, he didn't want to do any work. Joe, he took it up the ass once I got in trouble, got him in trouble at StarCast. So he got me a press pass. I ended up having a run-in with Sean Ross Sapp, and he ended up getting the heat for it. Because these guys, these these little minions who work for people like Conan and Disco, and let Conan and Disco order them around. Shit, and I must not have an opinion and stand up for myself because I might not get to work for the great Conan and Disco who I watched on TV in the late 90s. I don't give a fuck about things like that. I'm not starstruck by old WCW wrestlers or old WCW WWE bookers. I went head to I went head to head with Vince loads of times while I was working for him. No matter how it ended up, you know I don't care. I'm not like these these other guys, but you get these people these these suck ups like Macoon and and uh, Conrad Thompson and Joe Feeney, and you get all of these wrestling wrestler suck ups who are starstruck and trying to just please the wrestlers and fucking. Even marrying Ric Flair's daughter, so to, to pay Ric Flair's debts for him, um, you know, you get people doing crazy shit like that. Um, you know, I mean, he needed to marry someone. If you can't find your own dick, you're lucky that anyone wants to marry you. Um, but, but you know, let it, it is what it is. Like you do have these people that don't that, that, that are too gutless to express their own opinion. So instead of saying, "Hey, why are you putting hate on me?" I gave a guy a press pass, and another guy went and confronted him while it was while he was with his kid. And another dude filmed it, and all my guy did is stood his ground. No, he he started apologising, go, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He won't he won't come again. I'll never ask for a press pass for him again. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll make sure he doesn't he doesn't um he doesn't do he doesn't do anything for us ever again, and all this kind of shit. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, loser? Like, I didn't fucking do anything. The thing is, is that there's this whole Twitter narrative, these whole these memes and whatnot that I ran from this fucking hillbilly. When in fact, I'm getting in trouble for not walking away, right? Mm-hmm. I'm actually in trouble because a security guard pulled me away because I stood there telling the guy, do you want to go outside and calling him every name in his son loudly and publicly in front of everybody until security pulled me away because this guy wouldn't go outside. So I'm in trouble for that. In reality, I'm in trouble for standing my ground and not putting keeping it 100 first and putting my reputation first by standing there. Yet, the whole fake story is, is that I ran. If I had ran, I wouldn't be in trouble. And if I had ran, my producer wouldn't be in trouble. And if I had ran or walked away, then he wouldn't have gotten shit and he wouldn't have spent the last eight months trying to get me kicked off the show. And he did that by making sure that I got paid less on Spreaker, by making sure that I got paid less on PayPal, by trying to pretend that I didn't do any numbers on YouTube when I was never on it, by setting, by giving me ridiculous times to be on, such as, hey, are we? Re- can I? I was like, can I move to Tuesday? Why? 
because nobody has any energy by Thursday. I'm the last segment on the last show, and everybody said, yeah, we can move you to... This goes like, yeah, we can move you to Tuesday. And it was like, hey, no, Joe can't do it. Joe can't move you to Tuesday. Nobody else is willing to give up their spaces. I was like, well, that's fucking bullshit. So he wanted to keep me where I didn't want to be. He wanted to keep um, not telling me what was going on. I was like, we're recording today. Uh, Yeah, it'll be some anytime after 6.30, but before 11.30. It's like, really? So what am I supposed to do in my entire night? Then it'll be like, can you come 20 minutes? I'll be like, well, I'm at the gym. I can come on at 40 minutes. Then Disco's calling me going, oh, hey, can you really not come on? We, We need to get this done. I was like, yeah, I understand that, but you're giving me 20 minutes notice. Or I was like, well, how long do you need then? I was like, well, I'm at the gym and I'm going to finish training. He was like, okay, we'll do AW first. Can you come on in 40 minutes? Oh, thanks, dude. Thanks for the extra 20 minutes of time that you've spared me because I couldn't like everything at your, at your whim. Like now you've given me an extra 20 minutes to drop everything at your whim. So appreciated. But on a week-to-week basis, I'd eat shit and just go along with these stupid notices that they would give me of 20 minutes or 40 minutes simply because this guy wanted me to leave, simply because he got told off by a few people that he works for at the convention. So the entire time, this idiot was making my life difficult. He was being difficult in WhatsApp. He was being difficult in terms of ideas. They were even being difficult, Cav, when I would send them a fucking running order for K100 Sport. Listen, I don't care about wrestling, obviously. We, me and you go all over the place all the time. Yes, we have some notes, but constantly we're over time and very rarely do we hit our marks at the right time. Sometimes we're very good at it. And if it was really important, if we were on a show where, you know, we needed to finish in an hour or we were on a radio show, say we're on a radio show where they said, hey, you got an hour to talk oh, about sure. wrestling. We'd do it. Yeah. We'd be professionals, right? We'd, yeah. Yeah, we'd be able to do it. We did, we did podcasts and a poll. And we always wrapped Vince up in an hour because fucking hell, like he was a clock watcher as well. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, where he was like, I got like 52 minutes, boys. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> down like, to the oh. how many minutes, like 52 minutes, not an hour, 52. Yeah. And I'd be looking at the all, clock and I'm like, always, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it was. we always did it, right? So we can do it if we need to. And, and this is the thing. I... With sports, it's different. Sports is my life. Sports betting is my bread and butter. Sports betting is my main source of income. So if you want to bring me on there and you want to talk about sports and you start this new show, I need to lead the show. I need to put stuff on there that we need to talk about. I need to run the chronological order. So I would spend, Cav, 30 minutes of doing it. Not only would I give them the running order, I would give them information and I would allow them to look at the statistics beforehand, how many knockouts a boxer's gone, how many times a boxer, so if there was a boxer who is a severe underdog, for example, there might be, he might be durable. It might be a case of, yeah, he's an underdog, but he's actually never been knocked down or he's never been stopped or he's lost all, he's only lost on points. And I would dig up all the information for them. I would, I would bring it, I would give them the order. I would give them the stats. I would give them the notes. 10 minutes into the show, I'm talking about a baseball World Cup that I didn't watch, that wasn't in the notes, because Conan said, oh, yeah, before we start, did anybody watch the, the baseball World Cup or whatever? It's like, what the fuck are you doing? You've just been given notes. It's fucking, it took me 30 minutes. Everything is structured. At the bottom of the notes, it says, any other 
objects. That's where you come in with this, you fucking idiot. Like, you don't come in with this at the start of a structured show that I've spent 30 minutes doing because it's my professional job and it's my main source of income where I need to look good and credible and I'm taking a risk doing it with three guys that are not equipped and qualified to talk about sports betting. I'm allowing you to do it because I respect you and I want your show to succeed. But you are now going against everything that I'm doing. You are shitting on the extra work and effort that I'm doing. And every week, this would happen almost like it was on purpose. Here is my, real quickly, here is my solution to that. You got to make lemonade from the lemons, man. Like when that happens, you got to pull down, break through the fucking wall, the fourth wall here, whatever, the third wall. What the fuck wall is that called? Um, You got to break through it and go, ladies and gentlemen, I gave these guys a fucking rundown sheet. And at the bottom of it, it says this. And this fucking guy now just brings this up. What the fuck is wrong with you? You got to be able to turn it into that. That would have made it into something and not fucked you up. And be like, put it on him. Be like, what's wrong with you? You need your reading glasses or something. You know, I I told you about this. Throw it in there. Fuck it, throw it in there. Because if you're getting fucked up under a bus, drag some people with you. That's only my my thought. I always try to make something into something. If, If a nightmare happens... Use it to your advantage. Go ahead. But at the end of the day, like, there's a respect for the guy. There's still a respect for yeah, them. Yeah, and you're, like pro- you're said, protecting. You're protecting him. Well, unlike Joe and Hughesy, who I have zero respect for, this guy brought me onto the show. He tried to deal with my grievances. Conan took a lot of shit when I came onto the show, just mm-hmm. like Russo, with emailing and saying, oh, why have you got him on? And, you know, and at the end of the day, there and is they an said, I don't give a fuck what they say. Fuck you. He's reliable. They they also put you over saying if if his stories and everything were fucking wrong and his betting was always wrong, he wouldn't fucking be here. So he does right. what he says. And, okay. And without Conan, and without Conan, I'm not getting into WrestleMania night two. Because without Conan, I don't have Ray Mysterio's phone number. And without Ray Mysterio's phone number, I'm not overriding the PR guy who wasn't letting me in because I had a row with Ryan Sand. Like there's, you know, there's only someone like Rey Mysterio can go over the head of the PR guy and still get me into the building when they're saying you're not coming into the building. Mysterio has angel wings for what he did for you and your son. I mean, it was for your son. I mean, that he's a good fucking man for people who don't know the story. Rey Mysterio is a good fucking guy. Yeah, and without Rey Mysterio, without um, without Conan, there's no contact to Rey Mysterio. So, as I said, for for forever grateful for everything except the way that it's that it's ended because it's ended on under false pretenses because it hasn't even and this is the thing that people need to understand and I'm gonna move on from this but I really need to make this clear I was never let go by the show I was trying to get off the show for a long time as we said at the top of the show. What I was, what did happen was I was suspended from the show. I was suspended from the show, again, under false pretenses, because Disco told me, um, we've told you over and over again, you can't keep going back and forth with the dirt sheets. This Sean, you don't listen to us. This Ryan Satin thing's the last straw. We need you to get off the show for a couple of weeks. Now, I don't respond well to that kind of shit because I've got somebody else. I've got somebody else because this has just come off the back of Conan completely ignoring me in LA, right? So I'm thinking there's something else going on here. This cannot be 
about Ryan Satin, which happened after Conan's already ignoring me whilst I'm in LA. So I then come to find out that what's really happening is we've already had the situation with AEW where I've had to put out a public apology because Conan got me tickets. Then we have the WWE situation where I believe that he feels that he's back in with the company. I know there's an angle pitched where they want him involved in the Dominic storyline where Dominic's going to attack him as a way to set up another match with Rey Mysterio. And Conan's trying to get cleared to do something physical on WWE TV. Now, the only thing stopping him, would two things stopping him, would be his health. And if there's major controversy on his podcast, coming by the way of either A, trolls, hitting up WWE and saying, oh, you've got Conan back on TV, but Conan's podcast has this guy on it who's homophobic and racist and all that, all that bullshit that they say, or somebody much closer to WWE, Sean Ross Sapp, or Orion Satin, who I tried to fight <laughs> recently, uh, also telling WWE, hey, be careful if you're working with Conan because Conan makes you look bad because Conan has this guy on his show, and then suddenly Conan's cancelled from WWE. I understand that, but don't make it about one thing when it's really about the other. I'm not a fucking idiot, right? I know what I am, and I know what I've said, and I know what comes up when you Google me, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you want to call me like a man and say, hey, Billy, um, I like you, I like what you bring to the show, but I got, I, I really would like to get back into WWE, and there's a lot mm -hmm. of guys that are going to start, are gonna, there's, there's people that are going to out you for being on my show, and it's going to be, it's going to cost me the opportunity. I'm going to need you to like um, be off the show for a few months. I'll be like, cool, that's absolutely fine. I get that. Sure. Like, I don't think that you should, I don't think that you should um, stick up for me in that situation because I don't think I'm worth missing out on that opportunity. Instead, he goes onto social media and puts out a tweet saying that um, I'm not. Uh, he's come to find out that my news is not credible. Which is that's the weirdest. The that is thing. the weirdest thing ever. That Conan used the Billy's news isn't reliable, so we're fucking done with him. Which is, it's it's modern day saying the sky is not blue, and you see that it is blue. You like what do you what? It's like if flashing in someone's face that that's not true. Yeah, and that's the thing. So the, it, the the tweet says, first of all, someone's there's loads of people complaining that I'm not on the show. So again, that that kills that narrative where this is going to be something that's celebrated because it's not. Because I think even the people that hated me actually enjoyed actually hating me. Um, so now they'll be bored too. But he's put here, <laughs> first of all, first of all, inform yourself. This wasn't so much about what he said on Twitter but more about spreading rumors about people that are friends or associates from info he got from secondhand sources, which were not credible. If you want more context, send to mailbag. There is no context. The only thing this could possibly be about is Karrion Cross confronting me at Starcast. And that confrontation was blown massively out of proportion because seconds after that confrontation, my son had a picture with Scarlett, right? Which yeah. you can, which you've seen. So can't be that much of a big confrontation if it is. And the majority, the majority of the conversation was about being sensitive about what I write. And there was no loudness, no aggression, no nothing. It was a civil 10-minute conversation. Unfortunately, um, after that conversation, he went back onto WWE TV and he's not been booked well. Now, 
that was not my intention. And I'm not even saying that I have anything to do with it. But the fact is, this guy previously was being tested at NXT with Adam Cole shooting on him um, off script um, but while giving permission from um, the the, right, uh, the writers, but not on, but Karrion Cross wasn't aware that it was on script, shooting on him to test his sensitivity, to test what he was, how he, if he could take it, to test if he would respond and if he was ready to go up to the main roster. Because the um, the book on him is that he is oversensitive and takes things to heart and um, might not be ready to be to, to take criticism. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what's said about him. So when I tell people that I know in WWE not to bury him, but to say, oh, hey, like I had a run in with like Karrion Cross, and he was telling me that he heard what I said and told me to be more sensitive, they essentially laughed at him and probably told other people. And now you see him in a position where he's not utilized correctly. Now, as I said, I'm not coming on here with some big fat ego and saying that, oh, it's my, I don't fucking say shit to me because it, you'll get buried because I'm such a fucking big deal. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is it's very weird that you re-signed him and he was massively pushed in NXT. And a few weeks after you re-signed him, he's not winning feuds against McIntyre. He's not winning feuds against Rey Mysterio. He's probably going to lose another feud to Shinsuke Nakamura. And he's not being put anywhere near the main event. Um, so I don't know what's going on there. I do know that telling a dirt sheet writer, if that's what you want to call me, to be sensitive to people's feelings is probably not what top main event wrestlers would do. So anyway, I'll move on from that and because I just wanted to sort of get that in there. But that could be the only thing that Conan's possibly talking about. I think he's just talking bullshit. I think they're looking for a reason as to why I'm not on the show that doesn't seem like they're not keeping it 100. Because at the moment, they're not keeping it 100. The whole rebel thing is dead. The whole we keep it 100 thing is dead. If anything, it's fucking more like keeping it one fucking kidney. Like, if anything, that's what that, that's what the fucking show should be called. There's no fucking keeping 100 about it. Nobody there is keeping it 100. I see a bunch of fake rebels, and even if they turn around and said, hey, we need you off the show because I might lose this job, that's that's kind of being a fake rebel too. Because at least a it's real flat rebel out, would... you could have a conversation about it and and say because I don't think that's a problem if everybody's honest about it. Say, listen, I got a fucking I, this is a major opportunity. I got to fucking take it. So you know, and hey, I think look, you're fine uh, with it too. Exactly, and let's not pretend that like that we're all rebels and, and we'll die for we'll die for the cause. If somebody says to me, "Oh, hey, I listened to your podcast. I want you to talk about wrestling." Here's fucking a hundred thousand down the year. We don't like Cav. We don't want. We don't like Cav. We don't want him to bring you. Sure. With, we don't want him to come with you. And we don't we want you to stop the day sheets. I'm going to say sorry, Cav. I have a child. It's a hundred thousand yes. dollars a year to talk about wrestling. We're done, right? Well, and I I'm see, telling I think you that you'd now. Say it in a little, I think you just say it nicer. That's no, you I, go. Listen, I got a major right. opportunity. They went, and I'd say, of course, this is fucking human I, fucking life. Exactly. I'll be like, look. I'll try to get you in like I like I just did on another show. I tried to bring you on and uh, they don't want they 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 they, they, don't, they don't want you right now. So but I but I have to do it for me. Like and then, you know, the rep you'll see the rebel in me die at a price because you're a rebel. <laughs> Million dollar until, man. You're a rebel. Until, you, you're, you're a rebel. And that's the thing when they're telling me 
Don't argue with this dirt sheet guy. Don't do this. Don't do that. I was like, cool. Pay me then. <laughs> Pay me and I'll be who you want me to be. I will turn. I mean, guess the thing. Sports gambling podcast. They're like, don't talk about politics. Don't talk about vaccines. When you're talking about those sports, don't, when you're talking about COVID and the cancellations, be very careful. Like, we got some complaints. Don't talk about um, football hooliganism. And I'm like, yeah, all right, guys, whatever. Your show, you pay me yeah. X amount. I believe that that is enough for me to, you know, follow your lead and accept the fact that you employ me yeah. and pay me fairly. So on your platform, I will not talk about politics and medical things and hooliganism and any contentious issues. I will stay on with the betting. Uh, I will keep it statistical and I will analyze things in terms of how I see things playing out from a sporting sporting perspective. I will not talk about the rainbow flags. I will not talk about the Ukrainian flags. I will not talk about Joe Biden. I will not talk about vaccines. You will never hear me do it on the show. Why? Because the price for me to talk about the things that they want me to talk about only is correct. And, and that's how the world works, I'm afraid. And if Conan had come to me with, with, with a set of balls and approached the subject properly and said, we need you off our show, there's too much heat, I have a major opportunity right now um, to grow the show and we need to keep it clean, um, then I'd be like, you know what, that's fine. I'll, I'll come, bring me back when you need to. So... Uh... The last thing I want to get into, which we're running long, of course, is longer than the first show. So you guys are lucking out. Um, and don't I got, fucking lose one. What's that? Don't, don't fuck this one. one. Yeah, well, that's why I, I go, fuck, we're past our time. God forbid the fucking lights go out. But I, I, the way I'm recording this, well, this now is, might this save is it. A little bit better. This is a little bit better than the other show. It's more chronological and, and makes more sense. The other one was a little bit more all over the place, I think. So the problem well, I, I was more angry. Yeah, that's the only thing you got because you got to repeat it, right? So here's my big thing. This is about Bin Hameen on the Russo network. Um, so I contact Vince the other day about Brad Shepard, as we know, Brad Shepard's back, uh, you know, out of the fucking hole he had to hide into when people are threatening his life and family and all that shit to each their own, right? I would have, uh, you know, been like, fuck this. I, you know, because me and Billy are like, don't let anybody win. But I get it. It's his choice. He's got a family, all that. Um, So I said to him after I, I had him on the show, I go, hey, um, you used to do the Vince show. Have you, do you, is, you have a problem with Vince or anything? Is there anything, there was there an issue? And he goes, no. I said, have you thought about going back on there and asking him? He goes, I never really thought about it. And I said, well, I'll ask. So Brad never asked me. Brad never suggested. I brought it up to him, and he was like, all right, well, if you want to, go ahead. He goes, I doubt it. Um, and so I contact Russo. I don't hear back. So I contact him again, and I said, listen, I don't want to be like a girl who's fucking hounding you. I just, you know, wanted to know an answer to this. And he replies back, and he goes, well, Ben was his partner on there, and Ben's like a long time on my show, so it wouldn't be right if I had him come back on because loyalty with Ben. And I said, okay, that's I understand that. That's fine, but I don't really know what the issue is. So I message Brad, and I go, well, here's what was said. Um, and I go, what what the fuck happened? And he goes, oh, he fucking got rid of me on his network, Ben did, because uh, I had said something about uh, Brody Lee. I had said, 
Let's not all fucking go crazy. The guy was a mid mid card wrestler. So Ben was very offended by this, apparently. And I'm bothered by anybody being offended by fucking anything, really. Words. Oh, my God. I clutched my pearls. So it turns out uh, Brody is from the same fucking town as Ben. And so Ben's people were saying, how could you have this guy on the show after he said this and that? And it's like, God fucking forbid. And... Ben was pissed because Brad tweeted this kind of thing out on an anniversary of the guy's death. And, oh, he knew what he was doing on the date that he did it on. For one, Brad, the people were tweeting about uh, Brody, jerking him off. So it was in his mind that day. You wouldn't say it in June because nobody's tweeting about him in June. So he just says this. And I said, this is one of those things where when someone dies... Like, when your dog dies, it never did anything wrong ever. It was the perfect dog. You, f- you forget that it ate the garbage or whatever, right? So he's not allowed to have this opinion and just say, let's calm down. The guy was a mid-car. Oh, he died, so he, you, have to, you have to be nice about him. You have to be nice about him. Okay, it's, it's his opinion. He, he don't like that. He don't like that. Whatever. So I'm the one who says to uh, Vince, I said, why don't you have them hash it out on the show of one of your shows on your network? Because I'm of the Howard School of do it on the air. Everything, everything, do it on the air. That's your boy. Uh, Howard, well, yeah, back in the day, yeah, not not anything new, that's for sure. So do oh, it. Well, I said that earlier. Yeah. Say that again. I said that earlier when I was talking about you, when I was talking about how we, how we, how we like to do shows, who you, who we. Yeah. Who we kind of look to. Yes. And so I go from the old school. I learned from that tree back in the day from the 90s. And so I'm like, do it on the air. And he goes, nah. Uh, And I find Vince to be a fair guy. I think even if Ben is his guy and he's friends with him mostly, I don't think he'd be like, well, I'm all on Ben's side if he feels Brad is right about something. I don't think he would just be like, no, I'm on one side. So I said, why don't you moderate it? I'm not even trying to get myself on the show to do. I could care less. It's how about you moderate between Brad and Ben for what's the problem? It'll get squashed. It's material for your show. Done. Ben gets on the air and he starts in with you mostly. We'll get to that. He starts in with, you know, wanting to have a boxing match with you because of the how you uh, yell about K100. So he starts in then also with Brad. Brad trying to weasel his way back on the show. That's not going to happen, which, by the way, Billy was on the show this week, so there goes that. But it's not going to happen. Brad's trying to do this and that. And and I'm like, this is where I got fucking bothered because I go, no, no, no. Brad is not trying. Brad is not crawling back. Brad is not asking. I am asking about it. Brad had nothing to fucking do with it, and he said, if you want to ask, go ahead. Sure, he would fucking go back and be on a show, but Brad isn't asking. It never even occurred to him until I said it. So, and I messaged Russo and I go, this is bullshit, Vince. I came to you asking this. I don't, of course, I'm glad he asked Ben and brought it up and he said he did, sure. But you got to set Ben straight and say, Brad did not come asking and crawling to be on the show. Somebody else asked for Brad saying, would this even be a thing? Because I don't know anything about the two of them with their history. Zero. I didn't know who Ben was. I had to ask you. And I said, who is he? I don't know the guy. I've seen his face on a the poster of Russo saying, this is my network. And so I'm like, that's not fair. I am a guy who is right down the middle, daddy, like Fonzie used to say. 
Don't make up shit when it's not the fucking case. Brad did not do this. If he doesn't know that that's the case, then okay, I that's fine. I Now we're setting it straight that Brad is not the one fucking asking. So Brad messaged me and says, listen to this shit. And I hear the whole thing. And I go, how the fuck? And so when I messaged Russo, because Russo said, I think Brad should reach out to Ben to squash the beef, where I said it should be on the air. And I go, all this shit that he just talked on the air, you expect Brad to now reach out to him? Where Brad had the thought of, you know, I'm a little wary to reach out because it can get turned into, oh, guess who came fucking crawling back when it's a gentleman fucking talking like an adult trying to, you know, straighten things out. But now it's this whole narrative of, oh, he's trying to fucking weasel his way and it's not happening and, and, you know, all angry about fucking nothing. So I'm like, how can you expect him to do it? And he goes, I would still reach out. And I'm like, well, that's never going to happen now because how can you trust reaching out and not worried about being fucked? So Vince then tells me, you know, listen, the guy's a wrestler. It's a work. He's just working. And I said, I don't know if I buy this because the whole thing, if I'm being worked, I'm being worked. But when the man issues a fucking legit boxing match to you and to Brad on the, you know, the Brad things up nonsense. He issues it to you to do this at Stevie Mania in, in Philly during WrestleMania week. And he wants to have a boxing match with you. And I said, so this is all a work. So Billy fucking shows up and sets this ready to fight and accepts the fight. Does Ben pull him aside and go, you know, I, I was just working. This is not, I didn't really want to fight you. After all this is done and said, I, I'm not fucking buying it. Um, I know you wanted to uh, retort to the boxing challenge and have a, a retort challenge, but I just wanted to set the, the thing straight between with what Ben has maybe heard and not been correct, and he's just not educated on what was actually said and by whom. Um but it's that's not fair. It's not fair what he said calling Brad out because Brad did not do anything. And for having a fucking opinion of a guy who you liked that died, it is very much, I will laugh at everybody being made fun of until you make fun of somebody I liked. Then how dare you? I'm going to grab my, pro how dare you say something about this person? We had another guy who laughed about everything. He's a big stern guy too. Laughed about everybody. We made that joke about JR and the wife dying. Are things out of taste? Sure. But my show is not about fucking taste. It's about everything could be laughed at. I've made jokes about uh, how my father dying. When anyone dies, there is always, uh, this is how I live my life. There is humor in absolutely everything. Any fucking tragedy, you must find humor to fucking be able to function and live. Doesn't mean you're a piece of shit. It means you're fucking trying to, you know, not let's all not crawl under our fucking covers and sob. So made a joke with the JR joke about his wife listening to something. And you know, that's why she got ran over. She fell asleep listening to a horrible podcast. One of those things. And then we get a message from the guy, take down this tweet. I I'm offended. I'm never going to be on your show ever again. And I said, you're going to threaten me. I could give a shit if you're ever on my fucking show again. I could, you're not going to tell me now this, you could come to me in a very, very different way. than you need to take it down. You're not telling me what to do. So 
we got a million tweets. Everybody hated us, fucking yelling at us. And I was golfing at the time, and Fausti goes, what do you want me to do? And I said, like every tweet and retweet every fucking tweet. Because that will that throws everybody the fuck into a tizzy because they're like, fuck you, you suck. And they think you're not going to, you know, let people see that. And I'm like, I'm, I'm retweeting everything because you're a moron. Um, and I fucking laugh at everything that happens. So I just want Ben to know that it is not fucking Brad that is begging to fucking crawl back on. He's just being a fucking normal human being. And it was my suggestion. So with that. That's all I want to say about the whole Ben thing. But you have a different thing with Ben because Ben wants to have a fucking boxing match with you, Billy. I would fly to Philly to be in your corner if you decided to do this. Not out of me, like, hating Ben, but you could be in a boxing match. I'm fucking going. I don't care if a fuck who it is. But this is my suggestion. You'll get into why uh, or how you could have a boxing match with him. But the main thing to have a boxing match about is if they want to make a, an event and have money and a gate, you have so-called celebrities, these internet celebrities or podcast celebrities who hate each other and don't, you know, hate each other and are in the same weight class. How about you have a fucking boxing match set up like with Billy and Sean Rossap because everybody knows about this fucking war and they could have a fucking real boxing match and you could sell tickets and say, you're each being paid this much. I know Sean Rossap will go the route of I'm not giving credibility or airtime to a racist and a homophobe and a sexist by lending my name to a fight about him. Okay, that's that's the, always the nice excuse instead of uh, saying, well, I think Billy beat the fuck out of me. So um, that that's all I have to say is, uh, like the old saying, learn how to work, kid. This is a money opportunity. I see money in everything. Like I said, I could do a fucking show with old Derek Montia, who I've been in a fuck you war with over fucking nothing, really. The guy called me a, a sociopath, and I used it as a fucking bit on the show. And I said, thank you. It was one of the best bits we ever did because I turned fucking, uh, you know, chicken shit into chicken salad. So I say everybody is able to be worked with. You see this in wrestling all the time. People that don't fucking like each other, and they go, you know what? There's money to fucking be made. M-O-B, money over bitches. You could work with anyone possible if you are being fucking paid and, and getting something for it. There is nothing anybody can't get over. Um, unless somebody's been fucking killing their spouse or something. Yeah, I raped your fucking wife and now let's be friends. I understand that being a problem. But learn how to fucking work. This could be a fucking major event that you could put on. It's nonsense that Ben is challenging Billy. Billy doesn't even fucking know Ben or have a fucking grudge or any. There's nothing with Ben with Billy. Why would Billy be angry at Ben? It makes no sense. Ben just wants to step in and say, you pick on guys that can't fight or won't fight. I'll fight you. But I think there's a different weight class involved here, Billy. Is there uh, just a couple pounds difference? Yeah, so he wants me to not pick on guys that can't fight, but those guys happen to be the ones that are pissing me off. And run Those their mouth. The guys that they run their mouth and then yeah, go, I can't their... fight you. What, do you. what the fuck? Yeah. They damaged me financially. Ryan Satin was massively involved in the um, in the loss of my verified Twitter in 2017. So he's got a punch coming. He's the one that photoshopped Austin as a trans kid. What's and turned that? Oh, yeah, and went, it was oh, him. And we it... even checked it to see that it was him that did it because we had like a um, like a – what was the, it was mechanical, it was a technical that went through the picture to yeah. see that it was fucking doctored. It was one of those things, and you could tell. Yeah, 
And it was just, and it was something along the lines of, oh, isn't it, isn't it ironic? He didn't say, he just posted a picture of him. He tiptoed around it, it, tiptoed, completely didn't take, didn't take um, the responsibility for it, didn't put his name on it, but put it out there and then fucking didn't stand behind it and fucking say, I did this, what about it? People, oh, Billy's hates of trans, Billy's transphobia is, isn't Billy's transphobia ironic or something along those lines? And then posted a picture of Austin and put makeup on him and stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah he did that. He got cancelled. So this is the thing. Ryan Satin is the same size as me. In fact, he probably outweighs yeah. me by about 20 or 30 pounds, right? Yeah. So why? So because he has a pussy personality, because he doesn't want to fight, because Sean Ross Sapp doesn't want to fight, but they're the ones who do me the most damage in terms of trying to hurt my credibility in terms of encouraging people to troll me, to cancel me. I shouldn't want to fight people who I have genuine hatred for, who are my size, who actually weigh more than me and are causing me legit grief. I really hate Ryan Sand, but he didn't want any of it. I really hate Sean Ross Sapp. I really hate Husey, although Husey would be completely irrelevant and wouldn't draw any money. But I don't hate you, Ben, and you to me, are irrelevant. When Cab said to me, oh, who's been? I was and like, I didn't say it as an insult, been. like who's been. I didn't know who he was. So I wasn't like being and a dude, dick, I didn't you know? know how to answer. I was like, yeah, I was like, fuck, you know, Ben, Ben, who works at Russo, Ben, Ben Hameen, Ben. But then when you actually come to the question, who the fuck is Ben? There's no Google stuff on there like me. It was like, oh, but I didn't Barty know he was, was a wrestler at all. Right. But he's he's got a, he's had a very like mediocre wrestling career and what you el- what else you find on there is that he's six foot four fine but he's 315 pounds dude i can't fight you at 315 pounds you fucking moron you're like 140 pounds outside of my weight class so i, see, I don't know if that if you matters me- almost to me i because what? if someone if Sorry. if it's it, it depends on how the weight is like if it's a fat guy that's 300 something pounds because like you'd almost have the advantage, I think, moving around, <laughs> like really being quicker, you know? And it's like, well, is he going to be a one-shot guy? Like a one-punch, like he hopes he connects? Or are you able but to I, fucking move around? Looking, I don't know. I, I'm not this fucking MMA fighter or this trained fighter who's out here. You go Logan Paul style. Fight. There you go. Make a career. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a charity. I'm not a YouTube boxer or a charity boxer. I'm not looking to do any of this. I hate a couple of guys where it's got to the point where it's like, you know what? Like this needs to come off online and needs to be taken face to face. Or shut the fuck up. As I said to Ryan Satin in that video, don't fucking talk about me ever again. And he never will because he knows I'll find him now. After what? I mean, he was hiding behind a fucking car. I just wanted to, I mean, I knew nothing, I knew nothing was going to happen. I just wanted to see what type of man he was. Get bearing in mind, he was there and his girlfriend was on the trip with him. She could have been watching or something. But at the end of the day, like, you know, let's see what kind of man you are. Let's see if there's anything where you've got any backbone or you'll stick up for yourself. You know, people turn around and go, oh, you pussied out of Sean Ross Sapp. No, I stood there, uh, shouted, asked him to go outside and was removed by security. If you want to see a real pussy, if you want to see a man melt, if you want to smell somebody's shit dripping down their leg, watch this video and see how this guy absolutely melts. Cav, you've seen it. He melts, yeah. right? He, well, this what's is funny, the epitome it's, of- it's always good for them 
however they want it. Because first it was, oh, what, Billy couldn't fight in front of his kid? Who cares? That's an excuse. Oh, and now your kid was there and sat and points out, what, you're going to fight in front of your kid? Motherfucker, it's 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 what's good for you at the time. That's the fucking bullshit. And that's the best thing, I guess, that's come out of doing it, but confronting him, because I knew he wasn't going to want it. I knew what he was like inside. I know Sean Ross Sapp would be the same in the same situation, without security around, without his friends around, the wrestlers on the other tables, without his guy filming it for police evidence. One-on-one, Sean Ross Sapp in that situation would have melted, just like just like uh, Ryan Sand did. They're the same. They're exactly the same. There's no difference between the two. But these are the guys that I want to fight. And these are the guys that I, can, that I should fight because they're my size and they are, if not way more than me, and it caused me genuine grief. Ben, I don't care. I don't give a fuck about you. Like, you, no one's interested in you. Like, you can't get fucking 10 likes on a, on a tweet and 100 listens on a, on a podcast. Like, I, I was doing that for the steel cage, and that's fucking terrible. Like, so the fact is, is that the only person who gets any clout out of this is you. The only person who stands, stands to benefit from this is you from hitting me and gaining that get adulation from my haters because well, you how much money are we talking about too that could make a big difference right someone's paying you a lot of money you ain't gonna go in there i'm not fighting anybody who's 320 pounds Look, someone paid me enough said, i'd go nobody <laughs> yeah but you don't but maybe you need money so <laughs> be nice this, this is this, this this is the thing i'm i'm i'm, I'm 180 the heaviest i've ever been is 190 I've fucking hated being 190. I'd fucking complained about it to Cav all the fucking time. Yeah. 192 when I broke leg was the heaviest weight I've ever been in my life, and it was fucking horrible. I couldn't look at myself. So I'm, <laughs> I'm back at 180 now, 180, 180, 181. If you really want it and you're not just fucking talking bullshit, hit me up when you get down to 181. You get down to... What's the most he can weigh, and you would uh, think about this? Two, one, one ninety. One ninety. One ninety. Get down to one ninety, Ben. Get get down to one hundred and ninety pounds. So it's fair. I'll give you a ten pound weight advantage. Um, you can you can have that, and then come up with the money as well. Obviously. Well, say me um, and you were fighting. Be- Obviously, right, right. Me and you were fighting. I'm two hundred. Is it a different mm-hmm. story because I'm only five eight? And you figure you have a better chance. You What's that? Yeah. Well, I need to fight you. No, what am I going to need to fight you for? No, I'm just saying. This is the. That's what I'm saying. Is the difference in weight because of height? Like, I'm. I'm the. I'm it's over not, the weight that you want him to be. But is it different because I'm not as it's tall? All the, it's all of these things that need to be factored in. Listen, okay. like I would lose. I, I would lose the fight, but I would fight Logan or Jake Paul tomorrow because I know I'd be getting paid. Sure. So yes. you need to come up with, with two Tyson too. Like, Fuck. This is the thing. Yeah, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, exactly. I'll fight Tyson tomorrow too. It, you you got to make it worthwhile. The fact that he's the fact that he's an absolute nobody, and it's not going to do anything for me financially. So you have to bring a respectable amount of money. I'm talking a five figure payout to do it, right? Minimum. Mm-hmm. And also, you need to um, you need to get down to the weight. So for 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 fifteen thousand pounds. At, um, at 190 pounds, I'll be at catch weight. I'll be willing to do it. Like, but, but until then, what's the fucking point? You're a nobody. You're fat. You're bald. 
Nobody knows who you are. You can't afford me. Shut the fuck up and just carry on doing your pointless show. Like, stop using me for notoriety and clout. And Brad Shepard, who came on your show, he didn't get fired because he talked about Brody Lee. He came on there because he tripled your numbers on the Harmeen network, and he wasn't you. He was Brad Shepard. He's not Harmeen. He went on to the Harmeen media group, and he tripled the numbers of the actual guy called Harmeen. That's embarrassing. Ain't nobody coming on my platform and drawing a bigger number than a show that I'm on. It just won't happen. That's the thing. Everywhere everywhere I go, people go with me. Everywhere Bing goes, it doesn't make any fucking difference. Vince Russo is using... Can you still hear me? Yes. Oh, sorry. I, I got um, bleeps on my phone. Um, Vince Russo is a good guy, and he's bringing him on as a favorite. The difference between me and you is when Vince brings me on and knows that it's going to be a fucking heat bomb and knows it's going to be a fucking powder cake that he's going to have to deal with this whole week. He's going to deal with Glenn and Joe and Jeff and Conan and Ben and Stevie. And they're going to go, why? Why'd you have him on? Why'd you have him on? Listeners going, why'd you have him on? People from K100 going, why, 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 why? And, and he's going to turn around and go, it's his fucking network. He can do who he fucking wants. That's like I've said, it's his knows, fucking thing. And he knows the show will be good yep. and it will be interesting and people will want to hear it. And he puts that before things because deep down there's a fucking creative booker and writer in there who wants to put out the best content possible and put his paying audience above morons who he's already doing favors for. Bin Hameen doesn't draw a fucking dime to the brand. My show this week will draw more money and do more for Russo than anything that Ben Harmeen has done in the last year. Facts. Period. Oh, boy. So that is, I think that's our show for today. <laughs> Everybody got a good fucking show. Uh, listen to it while you're driving or at the gym. But by the time if they hear me say that, then they're already done with the show. Oh boy! Don't don't listen. Don't don't shut your doors and listen to it at your room and say no, mum. I don't want my dinner now. I'm listening to a <laughs> podcast. Like no, I don't, you play don't video games. Like you have it on a speaker. That's another one to do. That's a fun one. I would do that at times. It's it's. There's three different things. It's that. It's driving. It's working out. Those are the times I'm listening play your, to podcasts. Do it. Listen while you're looking for your ball in the rough, like. <laughs> You know, play your take it, take it to mute, make mute, uh, pause it, play your shot, then go look for your ball <laughs> and, and on again. That'll do it. That's how I like to think of it. That's how I like to think well, of it. Being I done. just hope that Ben uh, takes my advice and um, th there's no just reason wait. with the fucking. Well, thank you, but there's no reason with the the Brad thing. There really isn't. That's nonsense. And I and I wish uh, Vince was a little more forward with him saying. You're completely wrong when it comes to that. You're completely wrong. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I'm willing to even have talked to Ben myself about it and because uh, I got no problem with anybody. I really don't care. Um, I was, I mean, that's why I, I start to think, I go, why am I even bothering to try to help Brad go back on that show? What, what, what does it matter to me? I don't care, but I'm just that guy that tries to help somebody. If I see an opportunity, even if it's not for me and somebody else can have a great opportunity to do something, I, I gladly fucking bring them up and say that. So, um, like you were saying, if if I didn't go with you to another show that you were getting good pay for, all I ask 
is that you recommend me. That's that's the only time I have a problem with somebody is if they go, oh, yeah, I got this. And I go, was I even fucking tried to get in? Thanks for the help, asshole. When I try to with normal life jobs. First thing I do is try to help a friend and get them into the fucking job before I'm even settled. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing in my fucking personality, but I'm always trying to help others with uh, try to get on and do stuff. So um, that's it. Look forward to talking to you, Ben, if you want to do that. Or if you need help with uh, promoting fights, I'll, I'll give you suggestions of who you should have get into fucking fights for Stevie Mania. That, that's that celebrity boxing. There's always been that shit on, on Fox or whatever, you know, two nobody's fighting each other and shit like that. It's always interesting. Didn't we have Tanya Harding and somebody else had a fucking fist fight? And so, um, yeah, but the weight class thing is a little, uh, odd because I didn't know, I don't know what Ben looks like or anything really other than his head and his beard and stuff like that, because that's what I've seen the picture of. I didn't know how tall he was. I didn't know how much he weighs. All you guys are tall. I'm so fucking jealous. It sucks. It fucking sucks. But what's the most, uh, however you've ever benched Billy, what's your max? Um, when I was on, when I was taking Anvar because uh-huh. I was wrestling and I was just so thin, I was so thin when I started British wrestling and I was taking bumps. So yeah. I took this, um, I took this relatively safe steroid called Anvar, um, and I got up to what's the bars twenty? I did a hundred, I think a hundred kg. What's that? Hundred kg is what. 100 kg bench press, 100 kg. It's, um, it's more than what I weigh. It's more than my weight. Way, way more than my weight at a time. Um, 100 kg. And what do you want in pounds? Yeah. Uh, 200, 220 pounds. Now you want to hear mine. <laughs> I used to oh. war- I used to warm up with 225. And really, yeah, my max 335. 335. That's when I fucking uh. And ended up. Wow, you're tiny. Yeah, but I fucking hit the gym, man. It doesn't matter if I'm short. My fucking muscles isn't. So, uh, yeah, and that's when I tore my pec completely off eventually doing that weight. So 335 ripped my fucking uh, chest right off. But that was my uh, that was my max before it ever blew out. And since then, I go very light and I go heavy reps because... Now I'm older and everything is sore. All my joints hurt. Everything fucking hurts. My, I could do tricks with my chest because I never went and got it fixed. So I can make it jump around. I can make it curl around. It's all kind of fun stuff. But yeah, 335. I used to sit there and curl uh, 50s with each arm too. I would just sit in, sit in the chair and have 50-pound uh, dumbbells in each hand and do that. So that was the good well, old That's crazy. I'm never... Yeah, I was like, yeah, a, I, like I... a bull. <laughs> I can't get my head around that. Like, yeah, I, I now work up to 200, uh, but I'm, I'm now at a, um, a 10, a 10 rep stage per set. Like I don't, I no longer try and find out what I can get four reps out or anything like that. I don't train that way anymore. Yeah. Uh, everything for me, is just maintenance, maintaining myself at 280, uh, 280, 180, mm-hmm. uh, 185 kind of thing. So yeah, two cheat, two cheat days a week, uh, still, um, pretty much the same routine I've had for years. It's just a little bit more difficult to keep it off. Like the broken leg was the big thing. It was like, oh yeah. my God, like it's just not fucking coming off like it did before. Like I used to be able to lose a pound a day easy. Like it would be like, all right, so fucking Jeez. I've got up to like one, 
192, 192, 193. I'm stone overweight. It's going to take me two weeks to lose this under normal circumstances, like when I used to train for modeling gigs or, or whatever. Like, But no, it wasn't like that at all. I mean, for modeling shoots, I could lose like 10 pounds in a week back in the day. In my I 20s. did that just recently Eat. because of that weight loss contest. I lost 10 pounds in one week. So I, I dropped 30 pounds you, you total. Lose to the pregnant girls. So. I did by 0.60%. We both had 13% oh. something, and I was I lost by 0.60. <laughs> I was like, <sighs> I knew if she lost one pound, I would lose, and I lost 10. And I'm like, fuck. So, yeah, I didn't make it. But for real, I lost like 25 pounds um, of, you know, working out and this, the the rest was water. I knew I, I did the UFC trick where I drank gallons and gallons and gallons a day. And, uh, you'll, you'll shed four overnight if you drink a gallon in one day. So I, uh, did two gallons the first day, a gallon, the second gallon, the third half gallon, quarter gallon. Then I was supposed to have none, but I was loopy by that time. So then I switched back to one gallon and I dropped another three overnight to get me to 10. So, oh, well now I'm back to, uh, being normal and just, you know, maintaining myself as you do as well. So, uh, plug time, patreon.com slash Lingus Mafia. That's all my stuff. Everything is at Lingus Mafia, Twitter, TikTok. TikTok is fun. Go check that out if you have that. That's a fun thing that we do there. Um, and anywhere you look for podcasts, just type in Lingus Mafia and you'll find my stuff. Billy is at lockbetting.com on Twitter and also lockbetting.com. And uh, what is the best way to go to the wrestling uh, sites for you? Yeah, give me give me a couple of minutes to do my plugs properly here. Um, just because um, we, <laughs> let's hope the lights don't go out. Go ahead. <laughs> no, Nick, I'll, I'll be finishing on one forty eight. Dead on. Um, next week um, we have Brad Shepard on the show. Um, Cab's going to put that in the description. We've talked about him a lot on the show, so we can elaborate on things by by having Brad on the show next week. We can also talk about the uh, the draft. And we'll preview backlash. It will be a backlash preview, but you'll get your usual like shit in where we talk about these these, these morons and these these issues that we're having with these internet social justice warriors, these woke warriors, etc. At the same time, I want to let you guys know, despite the fact I've done one hour and forty five minutes, while well, yesterday somehow I felt like I said the same amount in yeah. half the time. Um, <laughs> But um, but yeah, I uh, I still want to give the other part of the audience what they want, which is some wrestling talk. There is a portion of our audience that do come over for news and information and opinions. Even section of our audience that I got a message that said, "Why have you stopped doing the star system that you created? It was far better than Meltzer's. I look more forward to your star system than Dave's." I was like, "Jesus! Like I haven't done that for so long. We created that for podcasts and a poll, really, for their matches." that I almost forgot the system, but looking back on it, it is the build-up, it's the bell-to-bell, it's the finish, it's the crowd reaction, and it is the historical relevance of the match. Therefore, a WrestleMania match, will automatic delivering at a WrestleMania match will automatically get you closer to a 10 out of 10 than doing it on a Raw or SmackDown or a house show. Like, a house show could never get 10 marks in that category for relevance. But a WrestleMania match could always get a 10 out of 10 in that relevance category for delivering. Build is the build, which everybody ignores because a match, I don't think, can be hot unless the build, yeah. you know, makes you want to see it. Um, and then bell to bell is 
everything up to the finish. The finish is the finish, and the crowd is how you react to the finish. Rock Hogan, for example, is an automatic 10 for the crowd and 10 for the occasion. So that match already starts on, on 20 points, 20 out of 20, before we move on to the last three categories. That's how it works. Um, we created it, and we never really implemented it, and people wanted it for WrestleMania. So I'm going to do a second show that I'm only promising will now release before Monday, because I have a lot of shit to do this weekend. Uh, but before Monday, I will do a second show. I'll give my instant reaction to the draft yesterday. I will talk about a story that I broke this week about Roman Reigns, which is now half true already. And I will talk about that story on the other side, uh, talk about where I think we're going with the draft, etc., what it might lead to for the next year or so. And I will handpick and analyze and give my star ratings for a selection of WrestleMania matches. So I will be putting in another... 30 to 45 minutes this week for the people who really just want to hear the wrestling stuff, don't want to hear all this garbage with these people that you don't give a fuck about because some people here are here to listen to me and you and want to actually hear about Wrestling Insight and you got none of that here and I appreciate that you may have wasted one hour, 50 minutes of your time. So that's what I'm going to do this week. If you want all my wrestling stuff straight away and you would already have known the Roman story, Go to thedaysheets.com. You can go there and read about that now. Also, story about Randy Orton. Also, story about Money in the Bank. Um, just multiple stories. I've been on the ball with that this week, posting three or four bits. So make sure you go and check that out. Betting stuff is at lockbetting.com. Um, I cannot encourage people enough who are holding off to go over there now. We've done 119 months in a row of profit. The next month is going to be month number 120, which means I haven't had a single losing month for a decade. It is a way to add to your income. It is a way to have a second income. It can get you onto holidays, can help you buy that car, can help you buy that better house, can help you maybe um, buy something for your wife if you're cheating on her. Um, it can do all of these things uh, like to, to make things better for you as long as you follow the system carefully. But if you don't have the money to bet in the first place, don't sign up. This is not some get quick, get rich quick scheme or, or to fix your problems or to get you out of debt. If you owe money for drugs and you want me to save you, I can't save you. Well, I can maybe, but I'm not promising I can. Um, so this is the thing. But everything is transparent and tracked. And now the way the service is set up through WhatsApp means that you get me 24 hours a day, seven days a week to answer any questions. So if you're put off by what is an Asian handicap, how do you bet a first half total? Where do I go to do this? What does this mean? What does the um, what does over-under in games in tennis mean? Or what does plus 1.5 sets mean in a tennis bet? Or whatever it is, like hockey, basketball. Um, you know, sometimes we bet to win the series rather than to win the game at the moment with the NBA. Just... Anything, 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 anything that's stopping you from signing up other than not having enough money, because that's a problem. Can't help you with that. But anything else, I'm on WhatsApp 24-7. So if you sign up for lockbetting.com, you'll immediately be added to the WhatsApp group and you'll immediately have 24-7 um, access to me to ask about any questions that get asked about the plays that get put in. Plus, also, this is a much faster in-play service now. So whenever anything's happening, um, like last night, you know, Golden State were behind. 
um, if I felt like they were going to win, which I didn't, uh, if I, but if I felt like they were going to win and come back in that game, it would have been a great opportunity to get Golden State, who started that game as a favourite, um, to get them at three or four to one when they were down. They lost the game. The big play we did land last night is we landed on, uh, we, we had the Lakers to cover the spread. Did you know, Cav, mm-hmm. that the Memphis Grizzlies are 0-16 ATS this season as an underdog? And so Jesus. they're out now. They had a 100% record of not covering as an underdog. Beautiful team to bet against. And they haven't won a road game as an underdog since 1990. Jesus. <laughs> like they, have, they, haven't out, they haven't outright outright won as an underdog. When they're an underdog, they lose. <laughs> and, they, and they have done since 1990. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, that was our big bet last night. And the Lakers absolutely killed them. So... We are now on a really hot run this week in particular. <clears throat> we had an 11-2 soccer card on Wednesday. Had a solid um, US sports card last night. So if you want to get involved, head over to lockbet.com. Don't need to wait till the month of May. You can sign up anytime. But if you do sign up for May, you will get the uh, end of the Champions League, the end of the domestic soccer season. You'll get the French Open as well. You'll get the end of the NBA playoffs and for some of you, which is the most important thing, you'll get WWE Backlash as well within that package. So sign up, lockbetting.com. If you have any questions, hit me up on the Twitter account that still exists, at lockbetting.com. Don't know where I stand at the moment with a wrestling Twitter. I'll see if I want to do another one of those. Why bother? (laughs) If Cav can find a password for Real Dirty Sheets, I can filter tweets to him through that, um, like, you know, news-related stuff opinions things like that not not fighting with people uh and uh, the last thing is make sure you check out uh, chicken necks on russo's brand this week because um if it sh- if the show does well i'll be able to do more things with vince and we'll have more outbursts from bin hameen and we can do more shows where we laugh at him here on the show that's it everybody Get ready for Billy's solo show coming up this weekend. Uh, Hope you enjoyed it. Long show, but a good show. Uh, That's it. I'm Kev. He's Billy. We'll see you next week. Extend your fucking condolences.